How not to become a slave? Producing content for social media. Now, there are very many aspects we actually want to dive into. And we will actually look into all of these different aspects. So first, the promise. What is it actually that draws you into digital media, I guess, into social media? What are the benefits of a career as a content creator? The second thing is how to actually put it into practice. The third thing is what actually then happens. And then we have some bigger thoughts as a fourth big point. So first, what is the big promise of social media? When it comes to content creation, and content creation, I mean, it is a word that is used and used again. But content is actually something that can be consumed, kind of, and is produced by people. Therefore, content is a word for all the things you can actually consume. I mean, the content of food, for example, could be the food itself. But we talk about usually digital things these days because also a newspaper is a thing that is not digital, but it's information, it's content. It's just happened to be on a medium that is still analog, the newspaper. It's basically just a print of the original file. The original file of, for example, the article that is then printed out and therefore duplicated. In the internet, we also have these original files and whenever somebody creates things, information, information products, basically, whether this is video, whether this is a blog, whether this is a book, whether this is the audio version of a book called audiobook, whether this is a podcast, whether this is a video. Whenever we create these things, there are different aspects connected to making these things. As a creator, and also as someone who then consumes all these things. Now let's first dive into what it actually means if you consume all these things. If you consume a product, an information product like these, it could be a video of your favorite creator, it could be also an article by your favorite newspaper or a movie by your favorite director or a movie that is not directed by your favorite director or doesn't even have your favorite actors in it. It could just be a movie you watch for some reason or another. Now, if we take a look at the content consumption side, then an ideal relationship would be no relationship at all when it comes to things that are not positively benefiting the lives of the consumer. I wanted to say obviously, but it's not obviously because every user, every con consumer has to actually know for himself. The problem is just that, in, that the problem lies basically within the algorithms and within the design of all of these intermediaries. The intermediary as the one who connects the content creator and the consumer. The content creator can also be somebody who writes for a newspaper. A journalist, for example, is a content creator. So therefore, this is not specifically about content creation for social media, but much more in general about content creation. Also, if you write a scientific paper and actually release it, to the scientific community or it is published in a scientific journal, then that's the same thing. That's content and this content is consumed by somebody else. If it's not consumed by somebody else, then the interest is just on the consumer side and not there. So now, as a consumer, if we actually wanna, if we actually dive into something and we think it's good, obviously, not very obviously, but often 
we want the same thing a little bit different again. This means a movie, another movie from the same director, for example. For example, I like Chris Nolan as a director. Does it mean I watch all of his movies? No. Does it mean that many of his movies kind of speak to my style of what I see or what I want in a movie? Then it's a yes. And now, if we take a look at Christopher Nolan, what this means for him is that these people who are Christopher Nolan fans want to actually see more Christopher Nolan movies. And every single movie has to fulfill kind of the average at least the average quality of the previous movies, because otherwise a certain percentage of these people will kind of go away. And also, if the quality is kind of the same as the average of all the previous movies, then it still could be that a few people walk away. And even if the average of the quality is or is better, or if the quality, the absolute level of quality is better, than the previous movies, still a few people might walk away. Of course, only if we see quality not as this one big thing that basically dictates how consumers rate the quality of something. Basically, you could define quality as how or to which extent expectations are fulfilled and the expectations don't really mean that everybody expected this to be to turn out like this expectations can also imply that nobody expected this so this means the expectation and the quality therefore are a bigger umbrella term for consumer satisfaction now this is the one side we already saw that there is a connection between these two things and now we take a look at Christopher Nolan's side. He only has a certain amount of years left to live, at least if he calculates with the average life expectancy of 70 to 80 years in countries, in industrialized countries with decent healthcare and where is also no war, for example, or any other greater risk of dying before reaching your average the average life expectancy of the population. So now, of course, also genetic risks and things like this. But he only has a certain amount of years left. He cannot change the things he already did in the past. That's just something given for almost all people, I guess. So now, with this certain amount of years, he has to decide in which um, how he basically has to decide how to live them and when he still wants to provide somebody with content like making another movie would be an example of providing somebody with content then he has to decide at which point in time he wants to make the movie and at which point in time he wants to release the movie and these two things are different because you can never do it at the exact same point in time it has to be a linear approach First, making the movie. Obviously, before making the movie, you still have to have the idea of making the movie, and then you actually make the movie, and then you decide when to release the movie. Of course, there are different processes like post-production and casting, for example, when it comes to a big Hollywood blockbuster. But the same principle applies for all of other content creation. It's the same with a newspaper article. You cannot publish the article before it's written. That's just a logical a logical sequence that has to be followed because things just work this way. I mean, it's just 
an abbreviation way. Things just work this way is not really a good sentence at all or an explanation. I just said it like this in order to move on to further things. Now the question becomes this. Between quantity and quality, as somebody who also consumes content, but I'm speaking much more of the creator side, you have to actually find a balance. Because Christopher Nolan probably could make hundreds of movies, with a movie being defined as a video file that is two hours long. And of course, there are also a lot of other criteria when it comes to a movie that is actually released. So in the past, this used to be a release to theaters, theaters in a certain amount of time, in a certain time window. And then actually the release to streaming services in the past, to DVD, to cassettes. But when it comes to what is a movie, at the core, it's a video file that is two hours long. It's not even a video file that is two hours long. It's usually more than 45 minutes because that, at least in a classical definition, is considered a long movie and not a short movie. So not a short that is played for 20 minutes, for 45 minutes. So if he actually wants to make one of these movies, he could potentially make a lot more movies if he didn't have that high of a quality standard to fulfill. When it comes to Christopher Nolan, for example, he spent years thinking about Tenet and actually then making Tenet and also his other movies. Years before actually releasing the movie, he already spent time thinking about the movie, writing the script. Therefore, Christopher Nolan, for example, could just release more movies and just have these movies with a lower quality standard. Then obviously this would create a problem for the consumer side, which already who already expect a certain quality standard, and if he doesn't reach this, then Christopher Nolan will be known as the man who made a good a few good movies and then just made a few shitty movies, maybe. But the thing is this the more you tend to go onto the quality side. So quality and quantity actually are related. And if quality goes up, quantity has to go down, given you have a fixed skill set, given you have a fixed time, and given this, that these are the only variables we actually take a look at. This means if you have, for example, a year, in the year you could make many movies with a little bit of lower quality, or you could just do the opposite and just have one movie that has a very high quality. The problem is that the higher you go in quality, the more this quality standard actually prevents you from doing the thing at all. And doing the thing at all is not just releasing the movie. But the higher the quality, the more actually the psychological side effects of this high quality standard. Also, the higher the quality standard you actually want to achieve, the less you spend actually time doing the process all over again. This means Christopher Nolan only has like at this point in time five to ten movies. I don't exactly know. I'm not that big of a fan. But the thing is, he has done all of these things involved with, with producing and making a movie only five to ten times. Now, if instead he already had trained this whole process maybe ten times as much, or just say double, if he had produced the double of amount of movies, basically, so 10 to 20 movies, then he would have gone through the process of making these movies just twice as much. 
This now means the relation between quantity and quality is not, so, is not only a relation between quantity and quality, but also a relation of how much you actually want to spend time with one set of all of the process. Now applying this to, this to different content creators, let's apply this for me. I mean, this is a very practical example. I am recording this right now. The higher I actually want to go in quality, in the output of a quality, given a fixed skill set, the more attempts I have to make to actually produce this video right here. And here's the thing. The more you basically go in, the higher you go in quantity, the more you actually train the whole process. For me, this whole process means that I have to set up, that I know how all of these things are connected, that I don't do quality control mistakes or easy mistakes like not connecting the mic, or I just don't do them as often because I still do them a lot actually, of connecting the mic to the actual camera with my camera being the phone right now. And also the more I spend producing videos, the better I get at producing and also releasing videos. But if instead I focused for years, for example, on, let's take a very extreme example. So on the one side, I would just record myself, whatever comes to my mind and just record it. On the other side, I strived for my whole life to create this one perfect video file that is two hours long. It's basically a movie. Of course, it's not a movie defined or as you see a movie. But if we take the definition of a movie and we bring it down to the digital age and a file that is just longer than 45 minutes, then that's a video file. And now everybody these days can create such a file on their phone. So now the question for me kind of would be, on the one extreme, we had making one piece of content for all of my life. If I only could make one, then this one had to be very, could be very high in quality. But if I focused instead of producing many, and just recorded whatever comes to my mind, then I would go through all of the process again and again and again. So this means, if for example, I go with the one movie and then I'm 60 or I'm 75 and I actually want to release the movie, then this movie would have all the risks that are attributed to only releasing one movie. This could mean that the idea of the movie was something that worked like 40 years ago, but now as of releasing this movie, it doesn't work anymore. So, I mean, this is just how much content actually applies to a certain time or how much it is evergreen. This is just another constraint entirely, I guess. Nevertheless, if you, this is still correlating or is still connected to the quantity and quality approach or the quantity and quality difference or relation we have to find out this or, or discuss. So now, Let's actually quote a study at this point. There were photography students. I'm not entirely sure if it was photography students or if these students studied something else. Now, they had a task and the task was to produce something that was very nice. The one group should focus on producing one single thing. So they should focus on producing quality high quality, but maybe only one thing or a few things. And the other group should focus on actually producing lots of things. Now, the highest rated images, if it was a photography group, I cannot remember actually, in the end turned out to be also the best in quality. And here's why. 
I mean, that's not really why. That's just the explanation they came up with and I now copy-pasted into this video. The people who actually went for quality had to train the whole process. And because the quality standard was not as high, they just didn't care that much about actually reaching this high level of quality. Therefore, they just put out more things. They actually spent more time doing the thing they actually have to do or would have to do or had to do in order for actually releasing these things or then having these pictures and being able to show these pictures. What I'm saying is this, the more you focus on a high level of quality, the less you will actually be able to produce this high level of quality because you are not training the right skill set. This means your skill set over time will be not really fixed. Of course, you can still develop different things. But if you spend time, I mean, this is basically the exploring, exp the explore, exploit trade-off. This is also the explore, exploit trade-off also has a mathematical solution, which is around about at 30, 37%, I guess, or anywhere ranging from 20 to 30% or maybe 35. I am not quite sure. I cannot remember right now. So the thing is this, if you learn something like movie production, at which point in time do you decide that it's enough about learning and you actually go into practice producing images, producing the one movie, and then it turns out to be crap or it turns out to be not as high of a quality as you thought it would. But the thing is, there are also lots of other aspects connected to all of this like usually if you get into the process of actually doing the thing there are a lot of things you didn't think about before because they only turn up once you do the actual thing of course you could research all of these things but researching and theoretically knowing is something different than actually applying it therefore for me for example again i could spend time and it's actually something i actually thought about for I could spend intentional time becoming better at speaking English and therefore improving my skill of speaking English, therefore improving the quality, at least when it comes to the language of speaking English. I could also train my voice to be better. Therefore, my voice would just be a little bit better, therefore the overall quality or at least the perceived quality would be a little bit better and when it comes to video. The actual sound or the voice actually plays a major role in how these things are perceived, apart from the visual appearance. Also called halo effect when it comes to not necessarily video, but just in general, when it comes to people. So now, the exploit and explore trade-off is the thing we actually are discussing. It's the quantity versus quality. It's a different perspective on this quantity versus quality. And this, these are basically all the things that are connected to the first major, major point I stated in the beginning. Now let's actually move to the second major point. Once we have released, or once we produce these things, here is the problem now, because the initial title of the video was the trap of the content creation process, kind of. The second big point now is this. If you now have things. Imagine Christopher Nolan had now 10 movies and he could release these 10 movies over the course of his life. 
he would just take the years he still expected to live and then he would just release these movies. He could also do something else. He could say, I don't wanna re be, want these movies. I am actually, I'm standing above myself and I actually just care for, or care much more for the experience of these people or I care more about this bigger idea, this bigger idea of having a release schedule that is independent from my own life and well-being. Therefore, I would just create these movies and then release a movie every 10 years if I, for the next 100 years, for example. And for all of the Christopher Nolan fans, this would be really nice, because every 10 years there would be a Christopher Nolan movie. Maybe. Maybe they would also prefer something else, but that's not the point. The point is, he would adhere to this bigger idea. When it comes to now content creation and social media, this bigger idea, the schedule, we actually apply to ourselves or someone who produces content actually applies to himself once you actually have created the content to when do you release it as a matter of fact nobody releases things when they are finished this is just a given because these two points in time can never be identical as we discussed previously if you make a movie and then you want to release the movie there is no point where you actually can release the movie before it was made these two points have to logically follow one after the other since time is linear. Now, if this applies, then the actual release will always be different from the finish date. When the finish date now is reached, the question is how long should we wait until we release something? Or what would be the ideal release structure? Enter the third major point. The algorithms and what they their role as intermediary so on the one side there are entities who create things in the future this also might be an artificial intelligence just creating sport articles and documenting what happened in a in a soccer game for example this already is happening and therefore it just also might happen in the future. So we have an entity that creates something. Then we have the intermediary, and then we have the entity that consumes something. I don't know if AIs in the future will also consume something, but as a matter of fact, they already do. They already consume databases, not in the same sense as a human would, but they just have the input of many, many images, and they just try to learn from them. It's not that these AIs are really independent at this point in time. It's also not that these are AIs. It's just much more that AI is a, is a f phrase that is used very often these days. These are just algorithms at this point in time. These are just programs that cannot really think out of the box, you could say. Very simplified and also sounding very startup-y. Now... The intermediary is, at this point in time, most of the time an algorithm, whether it's YouTube, whether it's TikTok, whether it's anything else. In the past, these intermediaries, when it comes to content, used to be people who actually managed the content, who basically said, oh, this is good, this is bad. Think of it as the publishers in a bookstore, not in a bookstore, but much more in a book company. Which scripts are good enough to actually be recorded into an audiobook or actually be released as a book and which are not. Therefore this process 
already existed in the past and is now automated more and more because every person is very individual and therefore what worked in the past with these publishers is often that they kind of knew they basically had this knowledge the the algorithms these days had or these days have they kind of had it in their head and they kind of had this intuition intuition based on years and experience maybe also from books they they actually read nobody really knows i guess but now the thing is because people are so different and because there might be a person who isn't to the same thing as this one other person on this planet the better the algorithms become the better the intermediary actually connects the people who create the thing to the people who actually want to consume the thing therefore automating this process and making this process pretty much labelless apart from from developing these algorithms better and better is just something that is useful for both parties for the consumer and also for the creator now the problem is this it's not the big problem i want to discuss it's one of the problems one of the problems is that these intermediaries somehow have to make money they store all the video files i mean in the past there used to be a difference between the the actual distributor and the actual intermediary we think of intermediary think of it in terms of music release if you release music there is you the creator then there is the distribution service which basically hosts your files so you can at these these days you can upload your files and then this distributor distributes all the content to different streaming services and to different services in general when it comes to social media these different services have no connection points so there is not really i mean there are companies that try to do this but there is no distribution because you just manually distribute to all the platforms at this point in time as a creator in movie in the movie business it's also like this still you have the creator then you have the distributor the distributor a company that basically says okay we take your video file we also might apply subtitles and then we go to netflix india or just netflix in general we may also go to amazon prime and we may also go to big movie or cinema chains and actually say oh yeah we have this new movie do you actually want to play it so in the past these two used to be different and they are still different in different parts of this content creation business but still we just assume it's the same thing it's the intermediary the thing that connects the creator and the content consumer now when it comes to to discussing which factors these algorithms actually use in order to establish a good connection or to find out which creator fits which consumer one of these factors is recency not really recency but how current or how recent the content is you don't want to just randomly see things that are 20 years old or even two years old when it comes to specific laws for example or when it comes to updates from your newest tech company it doesn't really make sense to deliver updates that were created two years ago to someone who is now here in this at this point in time therefore recency is a factor that plays a major role now again back to christopher nolan if we now take christopher nolan and recency is a factor then what would make more sense if he kind of wants to game the algorithms in the long term 
than releasing. So we compare two scenarios. The one scenario, he has these 10 movies and she just releases them all at the same point in time. So they are all finished. Now he releases them within one day, within one minute, within one second even, within one single point in time, infinitely small. Nevertheless, there and usually we take just one day. We don't say like, oh yeah, he released this thing at 2 a.m. in the afternoon on this date. Usually the day is the the unit we refer to if we talk about things like release dates. Dates. Now, this is the first thing you could do, the first approach, the first method. The second one, if he wants to game the algorithms a little bit more and actually be recent, at least simulate recency, what he could do is he could just use the 100 years and every 10 years a movie approach and therefore every 10 years his movie actually or one of his movies actually would be new because it wasn't released before even if it was produced before so now if you created content and then you actually want to release this content how recent these things are is a major factor that algorithms use and therefore also you should use in order to kind of game the algorithms this now means if you produced a few hundred songs or a few songs, releasing them at once probably won't do you as much good as releasing them over a certain amount of time. Also, when it comes to, I mean, this is obviously based on the user's experience, because if you want to follow a musician and he just dumps all of, all of his ever recorded music at one single point in time and then just doesn't do music anymore, then that's not really an active musician. And also... It doesn't feel as much as a person. It doesn't feel as much as a relationship. Because all of these things, these relationships we have with content, with our favorite favorite content creators, our favorite directors, our favorite journalists, our favorite newspapers, all of these things are relationships. And the tem standard template for a relationship is a human relationship. And as long as a person lives, you kind of want to find out what this person is doing. So not to say that the ideal relationship is a simulated relationship, a simulated human relationship that comes as close to a human relationship as possible. I mean, that's kind of what is happening with AI. We want to actually, there is some discussion that we actually, this is something I picked up in a podcast by, by Lex Friedman, that he wants AI kind of to speak human, to speak like humans would in order to explain something that's very difficult, very human-like. But it's an entirely different discussion and I just had this thought in mind. I wanted to explain for some reason. Let's actually get back to discussing when to release things. And this is also kind of a major psychological factor because if you created something and you think it's good, you actually want to release it at some point in time and not 10 years after you are dead. Why? Because if you produce something and you're proud of it, you actually crave the confirmation of people. You actually crave the confirmation of entities, of newspapers maybe, praising the new Christopher Nolan movie. And this creates this problem that... Ideally, you would just take all the content you produced and then just create a schedule that is that basically takes the time that is left. This could be any time amount is left, that is left, and divides 
time into days, weeks, months and years probably, or maybe even decades, and then release this content again and again and again in the same time frames basically. Because that would establish a constant cash flow if we assume that this content actually produces cash in some way for the person who owns the licensing rights to this content and also maybe for the family in the future and things connected to this. So in terms of a business, it would be a very ideal business. Also, when it comes to music release, for example, or to also to Christopher Nolan, I mean, with movies, it's a little bit differently because it's a little bit different because it's not necessarily the case that if someone watches a Christopher Nolan movie that he also the likelihood that he watches other older Christopher Nolan movies, so basically the back catalog that is already has already been released, that's not necessarily the case that his interest will spike or will go up at this point in time. If it was very good, maybe yes. So there is also this connection. If at a certain point in the future somebody gets basically this new piece of content and becomes interested in the person or entity that created this content, then he also just might check out the back catalog that is already released. The back catalog is basically all basically all the things that are already released. When it comes to a newspaper, for example, these this back catalog phenomenon is probably not as pronounced as in other things like music. Because music is so evergreen, this probably has a bigger impact in music. If you discover this new favorite song or this new song that becomes your favorite, then you just might check out the songs this artist already released in the past. So now, if you are on the content creator side and you now want to decide in which schedule you actually want to release all these things you produce, then you actually want to pay attention to all of these different factors. And here is the content creation trap now. The content creation trap is if you don't spend time thinking about this release and if you don't spend time basically creating content for the rest of your life to be released, but you just create content and then immediately release it, then you just don't have anything to post anymore. And as a content creator, it's not that I as a content creator, because I don't really see myself as a content creator, at least at this point in time. But as someone in the shoes of someone that creates content, this is a problem. Because for short-term motivation, it is really gratifying if you, if you record something to also release it. Because you are still connected to this thing, because you just made it. And therefore, if you now released it and you would get all the positive, maybe also negative confirmation, this is something that is very nice. This is something we seek as humans. The confirmation, the confirmation of others for the things we did. And if somebody says, the song is nice, or the song sounds nice, or whatever it is, then this obviously confirms that, our, that, our, that the hours and hours we invested into writing, into making the song, are actually kind of did return something. Actually also, are a pleasure for some somebody else. was not a very good formulation, I guess. So now, this is the struggle, and this is also the trap. If you create content and then you just post it, it's just there. 
if you create content and it is content that is hugely based on the recency of the content, then the problem is that you cannot post it in the future. Like Christopher Nolan could make a movie about a global pandemic, for example, and then release it 50 years in the future. Well, the connection would not really be as much there as if he released it now. It's the same with this video. If I mention this global pandemic at any point in time, then this video is now connected to a certain point in time. And if I didn't, then it would not have been connected as much as it is now. This creates a problem that you cannot really create content for the rest of your life unless it is evergreen. This creates the problem that you can only talk about things that are evergreen if you want to create content for the rest of your life. This also creates the problem that if you don't do this and if you stick to recency, then let's just say in the beginning, just take a personal example, I tried to blog for some time. And in the beginning I was like, yeah, I just write this and then I post it. Actually I was not, but I had a small phase where I just used all the motivation you get from just recording things and then just publishing them and just seeing how things react and just letting yourself ride the dopamine cycle, basically. And it worked for some time, but then the problem is what happens if you do something else? What happens if you now work for a company and you don't create content anymore? Then this blog, till the infinity of time, will be dead. Unless you add something again. This means it doesn't really matter if you are self-employed, if you are whatever you are, It's the same relation as working for a company and exchanging your money for time. It's a relation that only works if you put in the time. And that's not an ideal business. And that's also not something that is stable without you. If you are injured from one day to another and lose your ability to speak, then if content or video content, for example, is your main source of income, then you'll have a big problem. Or there are YouTubers, for example, who just had kids. And then, obviously, they didn't do as much videos. And then, if you are reliant on being recent and on recording something and then posting, releasing it the next week, then you have the problem. Once you don't invest the time in a certain week due to anything, then you just don't release anything. And because all of the algorithms are so much based on recency, not only on recency, but also on consistency, this then creates the problem that by not recording or but not investing the time at any point of at any point of time in time, this creates the problem that you don't that you basically negatively impact all the previous work you did already. Because you now are not posting anymore. You are basically not upping the algorithms even more and even more with something new and therefore creating interest for the back catalog. But the moment you stop creating is the moment you stop releasing. Unless your production rate is higher than the rate of your release. Unless your absolute number of things you can release is higher than the things you really release per rate in time. I mean, that's, that was not a good explanation. It's kind of the similar thing. Um, let's just see that these two different rates, let's just 
look at it at these two different rates. The one is your production rate and the second is your release rate. Usually this is a certain amount of any number divided by time. So if you release once a week, but you don't, you cannot manage, or let's say you manage to produce one one video a week, and since this is the easiest thing, and also you just can post it, and this lets you write the dopamine release with your release, then you just post it the next week. This works really well until the time, until the point in time we actually don't create for a week, because you went on holiday, because you actually had something different to do, because you now work for this company, because you don't think that this is a career path anymore, or it doesn't even have to be a career path. It also works if it is not your career path. Then the problem is, the intrinsic problem with these two rates being the same is that from the moment of time you stop producing, you will also stop releasing. Unless you created something before. Unless you spend some time actually pre-producing content. But then the problem again is the recency and all of these things. Ideally, I mean, also pre-producing content is nothing else. It's not like adding an absolute stack of things on your producing side. It's just producing, it's just basically upping your production rate for a certain amount of time in order to have more pre-produced. And then therefore, until you just the average of your production rate goes down to the average again and is identical to the release again until this happens you have an advantage also a psychological advantage because it just means stability it just means security at least when it comes to being able to release something in the future also if you have these items already produced this now means also that you can just already automate the release. Whereas if you have to wait until the thing you produced this week is actually finished, then the only thing you can do is wait until this thing is finished and then go into the release. But if you already have the next 10 videos, when it comes to video, or when it comes to film again, if you already have the next 10 films for the next 100 years, then you can already go on to your distributor or go onto YouTube or go to your publisher or go to random house audio and already submit the thing you pre-produced. And this conflict is the conflict that is connected to all of these different things. A conflict intrinsic to being somebody who produces things that are meant to be released at some point in time. And this Is now the end of the video, I guess. This is the solution. It's not a solution, it's just a discussion of all the different things. There is no real solution, I guess. Because, I mean, you can find a solution for yourself, but there is no solution to this inherent problem of all, as a result of all the problems and factors that are connected to creating content, distributing the content, and consuming the content.